Welcome to the West Highland Way Race Podcasts. I'm John Kinston and this is episode 71. Firstly, let me wish everyone a happy new year and I hope this year will be very successful for you especially in your running. For so many of us, the new year uh, starts a, a new training plan and a new goals for the year. Uh, if you're like me, you like to set out what you aim to do over the year and probably have your training plan in place. Um, for me this year, my big goal is the Lake 100 in July. So I'm wanting to start my training a little bit later this year in the sense of uh, my ultra training. So January, February is mainly going to be road running up to a leading to a half marathon in Inverness and then picking up then with the Hardmores 55 in March and the Catherine 55 in May before the Lakeland 100 in July. Um, on, and I just I've thought about what I plan to do and I've put it on my blog, johnkinnison.com, my training plan for the next seven months. But maybe you're someone who likes to be a bit more on the hoof and uh, not quite so uh, planned out as that. So whatever you do, I hope everything goes well this year and you achieve your goals. Over the last couple of years, I've been following three or four people each year and particularly trying to get a mixture of those that have done are uh, doing the West Highland Way Race for the first time, West Highland Way Race Virgins, and also maybe those who've done it be uh, before. And this year, I hope to be following, to, uh, again, three or four people. And the first one is Rona McKinnon. And I've just had a chat with Rona as an initial one, and that will be the first item on this uh, podcast this week. Um, but if you would like to uh, help me with that, and if you would like for me to, to follow your progress over the next few months, then do get in touch, and then uh, we'll see if we can fit that in. Otherwise, I'll probably be asking people. One of the other things I've done, I did last year with Dave Troman was to have some training tips and uh, I thought this year we'd have a, a different person to, to follow. And uh, we're going to chat with Marco Consani, uh, not in this podcast, but in a future one. And again, probably do that every few weeks and try and get some some of the wisdom from Marco. And uh, Marco's someone who's um, been involved in the West Highland Way race for a good six, seven years now and uh, has come second and has got a great time. So it'll be good to get a, uh, some information and some tips from Marco over the next uh, five weeks. Uh, sorry, five months leading up to the race. But this episode, the main item, is an interview with Paul Giblin. Now, I've been trying to chat with Paul over the last couple of years, actually. I tried last Christmas and it never quite worked out. And then he was pretty busy. Um, and But hope we've arranged to meet uh, next Tuesday. I'm doing this on Thursday night. So hopefully next Tuesday, Paul's going to come around and we can have a good chat. Uh, I have interviewed Paul before in episode 25, and also he was part of the Inspiration Night, uh, which I put on to episode 37. So we've done a little bit about his background and things. So what, I'd like, uh, what I'm hoping to do is to talk more about his last two West Harlem Way races, where he's won and he's broken the record each time. In 2013, Paul uh, lowered it to 15 hours, 07.29, and lots of people thought that was amazing that he'd taken... Uh, almost 35 minutes off Jez Bragg's time and also uh, um, Terry Conway's time. But then in 2014, he lowered it again to 14 hours, 20 and 11 seconds. So it's going to be great to chat to Paul and find out how he did it and how those races went and what his plans are for this year. 
So this uh, podcast is my chat with Rona and then my interview with Paul Giblin. Over the next few weeks, months, we're going to be following a few people who are doing the West Harlem Way race, either for the first time or maybe folks who've done it before. And the first of our willing volunteers is Rona McKinnon. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Rona. I know you're all packed and ready for your holiday in America tomorrow. So thanks for start, thanks for taking time. And I thought, first of all, if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, just to give us, just to read the listeners, a little bit of sense of who you are. Okay, um, well, I am Rona, I live in Stonehaven in the North East of Scotland um, with my husband Graham um, and our cat, Saskia. Um, I've just turned 30 and I recently quit my job and went back to university to study um, a master's in science um, for digital marketing. So the last year has been quite a bit of an upheaval, so that's that's who I am and what I'm doing right now. Um, I spent the last seven years working in higher education in the arts sector and um, working at the University of Aberdeen. But um, I got to a point last year where I decided that I needed to reassess some goals um, and where my life was going. So um, off I went back to uni um, with lots of bigger goals on the horizon, including uh, one West Ham Wales. <laughs> Excellent. And just tell us a little bit about your running background. Uh, what got you into running in the first place? Um, well, I started running um, early 2010. Um, I had uh, started working at the University of Aberdeen and they opened this huge, great big fancy um, sports village. So with that, I got a free membership because I was a, a member of staff. So I joined the gym for the first time in my life and I got it into my head one day when I was running on the treadmill that I quite fancied doing uh, one of these 10k races and, and running uh, perhaps for a charity. So. I trained for the Baker Hughes 10K in Aberdeen and um, found that I really liked it. And um, I, I raised lots of money, but then I, I realised that I wanted to keep running. Um, so that's kind of how I started running a couple of years ago. But um, I started doing some cross country, some local stuff in the northeast, and some other 10Ks. Um, and then I met Mike Raffin. <laughs> um, so I'm placing the blame for all of everything to do with um, ultras um, and me squarely on Mr. Raffin. He's a very dangerous person to hang out with. Um, we were colleagues at the university and, and he would tell me about his his races and his plans. And uh, I came along to the D33, I think it was in 2011. And this is before I'd even done a half marathon. And um, I saw the, the experience that, that happens at an ultra race versus a, a big sort of commercial 10K. And I met some of the, the now well-kept faces in the Scottish Ultra scene. I thought that this is something that I wanted to be a part of. So um, I did my first marathon that year and had a, an absolutely absolute stinker race. Um, I got injured halfway through and ended up literally limping to the finish. Um, but the next year in 2000... And, uh, I think that was the year but, Katrina did a marathon as well, didn't she? And, yeah, that's yeah, right. So I, I think that was the first time I met you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, the, right. in, in the in the host, in the first aid tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about that. Well remembered. Um yeah, so um after that I, I figured that maybe slowing down and um, and going a bit um going 
care about it and want to, to read it, which is my friends and family and, and folk in Scotland and maybe further afield that are looking to do the races that I've done. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still am kind of surprised that, um, that so many people read it, but, um, you know, folk come up to me at races and say hello, and that's how I've met a lot of, of good friends, just by saying hello at ultras and, you know, sharing 10 miles or so on the trail, and you just make great friends, great, great friends with folk that have the same kind of mindset as you, so, um, I've always enjoyed the good things that come from the blog, so, um, when I got nominated for this Trespass uh, Running Blog of the Year award last month. I was quite surprised, but secretly quite pleased as well. Um, but I didn't think I'd win it because there were some other really, really big blogs. Um, but I got this email yesterday saying that I'd won. So that was quite exciting. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the prize is, but... Um, it's the honour, it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the honour. I can put a badge on my website in there. And that's my claim to fame there. Yeah, well, well done. And those anyone who's not not read it, I would encourage them to look at it. I've been following it since you started, and um, it was uh, it's always good to read and uh, well written. Now, as far as your training plan goes, it's the West Hallam Way race is just over five months away. Mm-hmm. So, are you someone who has all your training plan uh, worked out for the next five months, or are you someone who's a bit more? Uh, I'll see how it goes this week. Just tell us a little bit about your your planning between now and the race? Um, well, I'm definitely somebody that likes to plan quite carefully. Um, I find that I'm quite easily um, distracted from training sometimes if I don't have a lot of motivation. Um, so I need to know what I need things to be set out at least you know a month in advance. Um, I was just looking at my, my plan for the next five months um, the other day and looking at what social engagements I've got um, already, like... Um, Graham and I like to go to the rugby in Edinburgh for the Six Nations. So that, that's, you know, that's three weekends where we need to, um, I need to figure out how I'm going to get my long runs in um, around a rugby match and the subsequent celebrations, hopefully, afterwards. <laughs> um, but then that gives me an excuse to, to maybe run around Edinburgh for a bit longer. But um, So I've, I've kind of thought pretty carefully about how I'm going to train up until the fling. Um, in previous years, I've done a lot of hard work in January, February, and March, um, and I think this year I'm going to play the long game and take it a bit easier. Um, the last couple of years, I've the working hard in the, the start of the year has really worked for me, but then my goal has been the fling or um, or something a bit earlier, like the D33. And this year, I need to make sure that I'm peaking in June. So um, I'm just I'm tweaking things a little bit. Um, obviously, the best start to any year's training is maybe not going to sit in Texas for two weeks and drink margaritas and eat cheese. But you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's just going to be a bit different from from usual. So, um, in terms of long runs, I'll be going out with um, with the gang from Stonehaven Running Club. Um, there's actually five of us, five ladies, who are doing the West Ham race this year. So I know that I've got um, a good good gang of folk that will be on the same journey with me so um that and there's tons of us that are doing the fling and the d33 so there's plenty of folk to go out with either midweek or at the weekend if i um if i'm struggling for motivation if there's any kind of times when when you get sort of a bit worn out the fact that i can i know that i've got a gang of folk that i'm meeting early on saturday morning is usually a pretty good um kick at the backside so i'll probably take the approach of um, working hard for three weeks and then having a cutback week 
um, with doing one big back-to-back weekend every month, um, perhaps two in the, whichever month ends up being my peak month. But um, I just want to focus on, on not wearing myself out because I'm quite good at throwing myself in the deep end and, and overworking and then crashing about six weeks into the training program. So I need to be pretty careful about that. Excellent. Well, I say over the next uh, five months, we'll try and meet up every six weeks or so, and we can follow how your training goes. And uh, if once I've followed over the last couple of years, there's always hiccups along the way, and how you deal with that as well is part of the challenge. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But just for this first one, I've got two more questions for you. Uh, First one is, um, have you got a goal for the race, a time goal? Even at this stage, have you got something that you've got in mind? Um, well, it's it's a difficult question, but um, obviously I have been thinking about that a lot. Um, having had experience of supporting folk at the sharp end of the race and sweeping up the the very back of the race, I know which end I'd rather be at. But um, let's be honest about these things. I'm, I'm not going to be setting any records. I would I'd love to get under thirty hours. Um, that would, if I, if I could get the time to start with the two, that would be, um, I would consider that a success. Um, ideally, you know, I'd like to go between 24 and 26, but I know from the experience of seeing so many people finish it in different states, you know, people have different kinds of journeys between Mulgai and um, Fort William, and at the end of the day, I, I really do not care as long as I finish it. Yeah. Um, the eyes are on the goblet. If I need to walk it in, then I'll do it, but... Um, I'll be training hopefully to, to with the aim of getting under thirty hours. Um, I was surprised at the Great Glen. I, was, I came in a lot quicker than I thought. Um, the time limit was twenty four hours, and I thought, well, um, I guess I'll probably be happy around twenty one or twenty two. And I came in at seventeen forty minutes. So um, I was chuffed about that, and that was even sort of picking up a lot of ITB pain in the latter stages of the race. So I don't know. Maybe I surprised myself, but. Um, yeah, under thirty for now. That's I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, excellent. And again, it'll be interesting as you, as the months go on whether that stays or changes, and uh, you'll get more of an idea. And then the last question: each time, I'd like to ask you on a scale of one to ten, where you think you are. Ten being um, at your fittest mentally, uh, physically on the start line in Mulgai. Um, so, where would you say you, you are in a, on a scale of one to ten right now? Um, well, I was thinking about this this afternoon since you gave me the, the heads up about the question. Um, and although this sounds quite negative, it, it isn't, but I think I'm probably about a two. Um, but I know that I'm on, a, on an upward trajectory at the moment. Um, it's the start of the year. It's just after Christmas, so you know everyone's maybe carrying a little bit of extra Christmas puddings around the waist and, and all that. And I've not been doing as much running um, in the last month or so because of Christmassy stuff but, and also uni work. Um, I've had a lot of stuff to do over Christmas, so um, I've been able to keep running though. Um, mentally, I'm, I'm definitely um, probably about an eight. A little bit nervous for the for the start of the training year, but um, you know, I, I, I feel positive. Um, I say too physically just because um, it, it's the start of the year. There's a lot of work to be done, but a positive too. Excellent. No, I think that's really good. And just chatting to you over these last few minutes, it's I think you've got a really clear goal and you've got the long plan in, in place. Uh, obviously, the experience you've had of following different people like Vicky and Mike and others and the experience you've had yourself, you're coming at it not as a novice, but as someone who's got a fair bit of experience. 
And if you can use that to help you with your training and your planning, then that's half the battle. So thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to chatting again in a few weeks and we'll see how things are going. And hope you have a nice holiday. Enjoy yourself. And, <laughs> Thanks, once, and once you get back, you can get your head uh, into your training and you've got plenty of time. Yeah, absolutely. I look yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Bye. Okay, for our main interview tonight, we've got uh, Paul Giblin here. So thank you very much, Paul. And I was thinking, actually, I think when I started doing West, um, ultra running, I think I was the only one in Paisley I was aware of that ran ultras. And now we've got yourself and we've got quite a few others. So there's a little community in Paisley now. Oh, absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's like Boulder in Colorado. It's, Paisley. it's, the, it's the Boulder of uh, Scotland. <laughs> and we got the Braes, haven't we? Which... We do have the Braes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We've both a... done uh, many miles on the Braes. We have, yeah. I think we've had one run together, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, we were up there once. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Um, well, as I say, it's great to have you with us, Paul. And um, we, we have done a couple of other podcasts. Number 25, where we in, we talked about your the first two races you did. Uh, the first one is well known for getting lost. Yeah. And the second one, I think, is well known for being 27 seconds <laughs> over uh, 17 hours, wasn't it? So, but yeah. then you've had two great races since then, which we'll talk about. Um, and also you were part of the um, number 37 which was the remember the inspiration night we did in Glasgow oh, right, yeah. and I interviewed yeah. yourself and Rosie so we, I think we talked there a bit about your training and various things um, but I did want to talk about those two races in particular the 2013 and 2014 in 2013 you finished in 15 hours 07 29 for your first win and then in 2014, you lowered that by another 47 minutes to 14 hours, 20, 11. So we just go back to the 2013 one. You'd had a couple of decent races. Um, and I think you'd done the winter West Harlem Way as well, didn't yeah. you, before that? Yeah. So you're in decent shape. But you'd had one or two little stomach problems, I seem to remember. So when we came into the race, you probably weren't the favourite. Is that fair to say? Um. It was a favourite in my own mind. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. anybody else's. Um, right. It's hard to think back to the, the race before, yeah. but um, I, I felt really super confident in myself for that race, going into that race. Um, I think I'd started that year, I can't remember, I think I did the D33 and I didn't have a great time. Mm. Um, and then I went into, oh, I then had the fling, I think I had the fling after that, and again, my fling just didn't go well at all. I just can't seem to get that race absolutely right, which I'll remedy at some point. Mm. Um, and then I did the Kintyre Way Ultra, um, mm. which I'd used uh, really just to pace the West Island Way, just to see if I could run to the plan I had in my head. Um, and that went really well. I mean, it wasn't a huge amount of time before the West Island Way, but it was enough time for recovery. Um, so I kind of went into the West Island Way with mm. a real confidence that I'd maybe never had in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember um, talking to Marco after it because he came second in that race and he said it was him and Richie and a couple of others and they saw you set off <laughs> from the start and they just thought oh well you know he's not going to keep that going and they yeah. sort of let you go didn't they yeah <laughs> and I, I, I kind of knew that was going to happen as well that people right. would just think he's going to blow up he's going to blow up but I was totally confident in the training that I put in that I could mm. kind of maintain that and, and obviously you don't train to 100 miles or uh, you don't do 100 miles in your training necessarily but um, so the last part of the race is always a bit of a gamble to see how you feel but I'd really really worked hard that year um, did a lot of tough tough training runs so 
I kind of knew I had a bit in the tank to, to keep going. And I'd learned a lot. I'd, I'd been racing for now for about five years. So at the time, I had maybe three years under my belt. Um, and I was pretty confident I could I could mm. do a good job on the day. Yeah. And on that, was was there a sense, did you know how far behind they were? Or did you get any indications of how it was going? I got some, I got some indications, but... To be honest, I didn't really, and it sounds it sounds quite flippant or something, but I didn't really worry about them too mm, much. Yeah. Um, I just knew if I absolutely stuck to my plan and I hit my targets at every checkpoint, then it was going to be very difficult for somebody to beat me. And they'd, they'd have to really come out and, and, and go hard to beat me. And if they did that, then fair enough, they yeah. had a great race and that's they just the way it goes. So um, I was really focused on just hitting my times uh, at every checkpoint. Yeah, and you did? Yeah, pretty much. I, I was ahead. I, I, I kind of try and build in, well... I shouldn't really, but I, I, I kind of built in quite early, like a five minute mm. ahead of ahead of what I'd planned, and then it, it kind of increased to ten minutes. And but then I was still taking the chunk that I had to get to the next checkpoint. I was mm. trying to stick to every time. So um, there's one or two sections that don't go yeah. as well as, as as you hope, obviously. But um, yeah, it was it was a really good race for me that year. Yeah. Um, so that that's fifteen oh seven. Was that roughly what you were after? I can't remember at the time now. Because the I, course I, I, record I, I, before that was um, 1537, I think, when Terry Conway oh, did it right, before. Oh, that's right, I think my target was about 1530, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd built up a wee bit more in, mm. uh, on each leg, um, and I just wanted to maintain that and see if I could increase it every time as well. Um, if I remember, I think I'd won kind of section, Larry Moore or something, that maybe wasn't as quick as I'd, I'd wanted to be, but... Mm. Um, think that was a year it got quite hot on that section just it had been rotten the whole the rest of the race but it got really warm at that section you're a big long climb and then you've got that huge yeah. <laughs> kind of bouldery straight to go um and i started feeling it then mm -hmm. i could feel my legs then but um yeah yeah i pretty much went to plan yeah yeah and i, I seem to remember at certain benglass you got there before the the port the <laughs> checkpoint could get set up wasn't it uh -huh, that was <laughs> it was it was a really strange feeling because previously and I think somebody had asked on Facebook about, you know, what's your favourite section or what mm -hmm. section do you struggle on the most? Um, the section from uh, down the lock side, obviously, is one that people talk about quite mm -hmm. a lot, being quite technical. And, and previously, it was one that I didn't really enjoy that much. So I'd done a huge amount of work on that mm. to, to really be able to push that section. And I think probably the guys behind probably thought they would catch me in that section, maybe. Um, but I was really, really strong there and I really mm -hmm. pushed hard in that section. So I'd come down into being glass kind of wanting to see some smiles yeah. from my support yeah. crew and whatever to say, yeah, you're doing okay, you're still okay, it's all going well. Mm. There was nobody about. And it was, I was actually shouted before the gate. I was like, just shouting because yeah. I was happy. Yeah. I had a good section. I, felt, I still felt good. There was nobody about at all. So wow. I stood, I stood, looked about. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Noni. Um, I found she was standing about in a car or something. Yeah pointed me down to the toilet to go and fill my bottle and she managed she dug out some gels for me <laughs> and it was a bit like all right what now and it's just because you've had in your head yeah. you'll meet your support you'll have whatever you've got planned in yeah. uh, and be on your way so because yeah. you've not seen them since row Denon, have you exactly you know yeah, so it is quite a, a, it is quite a long section isn't it uh -huh. and you kind of want that yeah. oh you've done well you've, yeah, done, you've done really well you're, you're still on plan kind of thing yeah. which i never got so it was just Oh well, got yeah. to get on with it. I can't yeah. cry about it. So much. did that affect you mentally at all? It or? did for a bit. Yeah. Um, and I'm picking up gels that I'm not used to using, and I know it sounds a bit no, no. dramatic and whatever, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it did a wee bit, and it wasn't exactly what I had on that I was going to take on at that point either. Mm. Um, and then I wasn't quite sure 
what had happened either and, yeah. you know was there a problem with the race right. that nobody had told me about or anything <laughs> as well had the race stopped <laughs> maybe it was cancelled or something it's a full start uh, pointlessly running on to Fort Rowan um, and then I, I met the guys later on um, before the next checkpoint and they swapped over stuff so it cost me a wee bit more time as well but yeah, um, yeah I suppose it, it, it stressed me a wee bit that I'd, I'd lost some right. time that I'd built in in the previous section so yeah it um, wasn't ideal, but one of those things. Mm. I seem to remember Ian, the director, was r really keen to get a message to you that he was, you know, because it was obvious that you were going to break the record. And I think there was, there's always been a little bit of a debate with the times because um, the course obviously has changed over the over the period. And there was a sense where we had two sets of records, yeah. you know, one that was sort of pre uh, 1990, I think, and then uh, the ones after. And I know Ian was quite keen that you broke both in a sense, yeah. that, so that you didn't just relax thinking th um, fifteen thirty would be would be would be enough. Yeah. So, uh, but were you conscious of that of wanting uh, to sort of? Kinlock leaving, I think. I think I saw Ian at Kinlock leaving. It's all a bit of a blur, but I, I think Ian had, or somebody certainly mentioned it. So Ian had either spoken to my support or I saw Ian coming in or, or going out or something, and had mentioned it. But by that time. You're just focused on getting the last yeah. couple of sections done, yeah. you know, and you're going I'm, as fast I'm, I'm running as, can, as hard as I can yeah. anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I just kind of stuck with it, and it was it turned out well at the end. But yeah. obviously, it was um, in front of both those records, which was good. Yeah, well, I, I think for most of us in in the race who were involved, you know, the time that you posted is just dreamland, really. And the, I think that sense of 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 I, I remember when I started the West Highland Way, and my first year was oh seven. And Jez Bragg, the year, year before, year before that, had done uh, fifteen forty four, and that was just considered amazing, wasn't it? It was just up there, and then um, when Terry when Terry lowered it by a few minutes, we thought that was incredible, and then you just took a big chunk off, uh, and then obviously last year taking even more off. Yeah. So let's think a little bit then about the twenty fourteen race, because I think even though you said you in your mind you were favourite in twenty thirteen, I think to be fair. I think because you'd had one or two hiccups before, I, I don't think you were quite so f in everyone else's mind. Maybe I'm just saying my my perspective, but I think by twenty last year you definitely were, <laughs> and um, you know the time that you'd posted was amazing, and uh, people were looking to see whether you could do it again, and then when Robbie Britton came on board, there was very much oh let's everyone was really excited about seeing how it would pan yeah. out. I don't think. I don't think I've ever probably been considered as a favourite in any of those races. No, probably, because no, think so. But yeah, and to be honest, I I kind of feel it's unfair in some ways, but I can understand particularly the twenty thirteen one because it was it was kind of unproven that I could run that quickly over that distance. But mm. um, yeah, I, I suppose it kind of spurs me on a wee bit yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And uh, all the chat in the twenty fourteen race about Robbie and and Robbie's a big personality and. He's a talented runner and everything else. It it, it, it kind of helped to spur me on a wee bit, and I thought, well, if you're going to come up here into which is my backyard effectively, mm. um, and say you're going to smash a course record and you're going to win the West Island Way, um, it, it kind of gave me an added impetus in training. If Good. I'm honest, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it wasn't so easy with your sort of you know with your with your job wise with no, uh, the Commonwealth Games last year because yeah. you were. Uh, do you want to tell folks a little bit about what you did in the Commonwealth Games? Uh, I'd, I'd been at the organising committee for about two and a half years. Uh, I managed the digital media team, so uh, the Glasgow 2014 uh, website, all the social media channels, all the video content that we did, um, any of the emails that you might have been sent and uh, everything else. So it was it was pretty stressful. 
Um, we didn't really have a day off because social media doesn't stop, as we know, and mm. people want responses on social media at all times. So um, we had to cover every weekend, effectively, and holidays as well. So it was quite, mm. it, was, it was quite full on, and particularly when you get closer to games time, obviously there's um, the pace of things just changes dramatically. And that was twenty fourteen. I was mm. coming up to the West Island Way, which is a race that I absolutely love. Mm. It was my last opportunity to get a good race in before uh, the games. I was half worried about how much training I'd be able to get in. Mm. I pretty much gave up on sleep, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, oh, it just got it got to stupid levels. I was training. My four forty four alarm went down to four twenty four because it was the only way I could get enough miles in before I got to work. Because I, I kind of had to get into work at a decent time as well, just mm. to. What time's the decent time? What time you took the bus? Like seven or half seven or right. something, trying to get into work. But before that, you've done a two three hour run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know you'd finish whenever you finished there was never a, a kind mm. of set finish time at work which is the same as a lot of people and then I would try and run home from work right. uh, to Paisley as well whenever I could so yeah it was hard it was hard to cram in like mm. 100 and whatever miles a week plus doing I don't know 50 or 60 hours uh, at work and stuff wow yeah so it was basically work and run yeah you had pretty <laughs> not much. much time for anything else uh, and then when I had a weekend clear, I would try and just get away in the yeah. camper van and just run all weekend. Yeah. And then straight back into work again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty full on. I, d I don't think you could do it long term, no. to be honest. No. Um, I kind of got away with it, but um, yeah. I couldn't do it again. But was, it was always pretty clear in your mind you wanted to do the West Island Way. You never thought, I'm not done enough or it won't work out. I think when I heard that Robbie was doing the West Island Way, it was mm. kind of clear in my mind that if I could get myself in shape and I, I could get yeah. enough hours of training, uh, then I had to go back right. and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in, in 2014, when you got to the start line, what, what were your your thoughts? In 2013, you said you had these clear goals, but it was more time-based. Yeah. Was it different with Robbie there? How did, it, how did your, your thinking go? Uh, it was similar in a lot of ways. I, I built a plan um, that I'd not rehearsed, but I'd gone out and... I knew what paces I could achieve and I knew what times I could hit for each of the sections. So um, I was confident I could probably hit that plan, all mm. things going to plan, uh, all things you know falling in place in terms of you know stomach and feet and all the other issues that can be experienced. Um, it was slightly different in that Robbie was a bit of an unknown to me at mm. the time. And he wasn't the only person that was running the yeah. race. There was other great yeah. guys in the race as well who mm. could easily win the race. Well, Matt and, Williamson and, was... And, you know, and probably yeah. will go on to win the race at some mm. point, but... Um, so it wasn't just him I was thinking about mm. but I, I, I kind of felt I still felt confident I felt I could go quicker I knew roughly what time I, I, I could achieve um, if everything was going okay but it, it was an unknown the guys could have gone out and just I could have never seen them again mm. or um, I could have which probably did happen to a point I, I maybe went out quicker than I'd planned initially just because Robbie and I were chatting and you know, it was it was feeling good. It was feeling competitive, and I quite liked being at the front and yeah. and and pushing forward. So, um, yeah, I maybe I maybe wasn't as certain that I was going to win it as I was in the previous year, mm. uh, but I was really confident um, that I had the speed I needed in my legs and I could last that distance. And, yeah. and I knew the trail as well. Obviously, helps. Yeah. Mm. So early on, you were you were sort of nip and tuck a bit, weren't you? Really. Yeah, pretty much ran together until um, the top of Conic Hill, or just before the, the summit of Conic Hill. And uh, just as we were heading down, I had quite a bad fall. Mm. Caught my toe on a rock, 
it's kind of as it was getting brighter as well, you know, and sometimes that's worse than when it's mm. really dark as well. Mm. Um, and I went down really heavily on my knee and my arm, which are still quite badly scarred. And uh, Robbie just shot off down the hill, obviously. Uh, and for the first minute or two, I thought, this mm. could be my race over here. This is this yeah. is pretty bad. Mm. Um, but I just started running again as quickly as I could. Got down and, and just kept going. And I kind of had to... I had to look after my knee quite a bit in the next few sections. I had to think about it later on as well. It was still, it was there and it was still getting sore at times as well. But um, nah, it, it was almost when I'd got past that point of, well, you've done it now. Mm. You can either give up or you can yeah. just get on with it and see what happens. So yeah. I just got back on with it and got back focused on my times that was hitting again. And actually it felt, it was maybe a good thing. I felt better then because I was running at my own pace. I wasn't so worried about what Robbie was doing and what mm. pace we were running at. I was just confident. I'm just going to stick with what I know, mm. what I've got planned here. And if he goes away and he runs sub 14 or whatever it is, then yeah. that's fine. That's great. I got beaten by a better yeah. athlete at the time. So, yeah. so during the Lockside, did you see him at all? Uh, Lockside, I never saw him really. I don't remember seeing him. Mm. Um, I got into Ben Glass. And it was uh, open this time. And there was somebody there, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which was great. It was a relief. Um, and I think he was, you know, four or five minutes by that point. Um, and I think he had been further ahead. Mm. So I was kind of, right, okay, this is this is where the race starts now. Um, and I knew, obviously, after Ben Glass, there's quite a few climbs there. So I kind of pushed on to see if I could take any time out of him at that point. Mm. Mm. And then you, you caught him just before Octa Tia, didn't you? I saw him a couple of times in, on the roller yeah. coaster at Cream Larrick and I yeah. thought, right, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 slightly quicker than you at this point, right. and maybe he was just hitting a bad patch or something. But um, as you crossed the road, just before Octa Tire Farm, he was, I could see him across the field, right. you know, a hundred meters away. Yeah, I thought, right, this is it, this is good. Yeah. And you went straight through pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. just the gate before the farm, and they'd moved. The support desk up from the actual farm itself it was kind of oh, halfway right, between yeah. the gates yeah um so i passed them at the first gate with a bit of a chat or a bit of banter for a second <laughs> i don't think he was pleased to see me <laughs> to be expected there's nothing worse yeah. um and i just ran right through and then I, I really really kind of buried myself for the next couple of sections to try and right. put some time in yeah um i felt i felt strong felt good yeah mm. yeah and you were very conscious that you were you know quicker than last year yeah no I was I was hitting all my splits Um, I had a plan for um, I can't remember exactly but it was like 1444 I think it was yeah obsession with fours for some reason I know yeah (laughs) you like your fours so I was just kind of sticking to that again I'd built a wee bit of time in uh, because the start the start was a wee bit faster than I'd initially planned Mm. Um, and I just wanted to keep that there so uh, yeah it pretty much went to plan yeah Excellent. Well, I know. I say we, we were marshalling at uh, Lunderbra this last year. So when you came through there, you were looking very, you know, very strong. I think it was about um, it was about twenty past two in the afternoon because mm. we were there till half eight the next morning. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> I know it's a cra- it's a crazy shift uh, that one. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you were looking really uh, comfortable. You looked pretty focused to me. You yeah, know, you were still in in race mode, as it were. You were still really uh, concentrating on getting it done. Yeah, my my support were great. Um, when I came into Kinloch leaving, I kind of expected them to be a bit, right, you, you know, you've got the race, you're, you're going to mm. win the race kind of thing, but yeah. I got nothing like that at all. And, and 
uh, they actually looked quite stressed at one point, oh, uh, and they were like, "No, get back out, get back out." Mm. Um, so I was there for for seconds, to be honest, and mm. back out again, which kind of gave me: is there something they're not telling me? Uh, you know, right, is there right. something I should be worried about? So yeah. I I kind of needed to keep focus. And yeah. in the previous year, the twenty thirteen West Ham that that was a section I did struggle in, as right. as I mentioned earlier. So. I had done some work on that section, so I thought, right, I need to be absolutely focused on this right. because if if you if you've got a decent gap, obviously, and you can get to Lundavra, um, but still with that gap, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's there. Pretty much, you've got a few more climbs, and then you've got the descent into Fort William. So, mm. uh, yeah, I was still pretty focused, but I, f- I felt much better than I did the previous year, even though I'd been running harder. Mm. Um, so I, I still felt quite strong at that point. Yeah. Felt all right. Yeah. Um, what's what's it feel like sort of coming into the leisure centre with that on, in that sort of time? Is it uh, a sense of relief, or are you still feeling pretty strong? I felt pretty str- I felt pretty strong. There was like a bit of a moment at Braveheart Car Park. I saw my dad and Stevie, um, and and we kind of had a wee almost a teary moment that right. <laughs> this is happening now, yeah. and you've smashed it kind of thing. Mm. Um, so you've just got it was actually quite nice I could quite enjoyed the road section this time that, yeah. and I wasn't running slowly either I, you know I was still I was still moving pretty quick um, and it was just a wee bit of quiet time before yeah. we got to the end of the race yeah. Yeah. and Andy Cole who's done the race a number of times he always talks about that for him that section on the road is his time just to reflect on the mm-hmm. journey and it's lovely he did a lovely blog post once and he just talked about he often thinks about Dario and mm. you know people uh, you know, important to him and just that just that last little bit just to reminisce on the yeah. you know and I think it's quite it's quite yeah. similar because other yeah. years when you've run that section you know you're just desperate where's this 30 mile an yeah, hour sign right. kind of thing but yeah. it wasn't like that at all it was almost like I think back to yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the race went pretty well and I, I put a lot into it not just the race itself obviously you don't get to be able to run that kind of time without working mm, hard and training so yeah. I've made a lot of sacrifices and it, it I don't know. It gives you five, ten minutes to think about. Yeah, all those four twenty-four runs and exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no friends, yeah. no social life. <laughs> I was just reading your uh, your blog post before you came, and um, I was reading back the bit where you talked about at the, the the prize giving, and the standing ovation you got, and just what what you know, it's something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Can you just describe that little bit of how that felt? It's it's really hard to explain because the whole running thing it's quite a personal thing for me you know because you invest so much time and effort and I sacrifice quite a lot you know and I, I know everybody who runs ultras you know all make sacrifices to, to different degrees and stuff but I give up quite a lot to do it because mm. I'm, I'm really passionate about it and really mm. care about it and uh, to get to that point and I don't know yeah. it was it was it's, it's a moment for people to stand up and yeah and yeah. be applauding you like that yeah. which it kind of if I look back now, it doesn't feel like it was actually there. And I remember at the time thinking, is this actually happening? And I'm just like, sit down, everyone, sit down. I, I, I just ran a race and it worked out, you know, it, it went okay. Um, so I, it's a wee bit overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the last year, because I hadn't run and I was, I, was, I was involved in giving out the goblets, so I was at the front facing everybody. So as you came out, you probably didn't see that as much, but mm. it was just incredible, everyone just... And I think it was just the sense that... Um, people just recognize what what it involves that they've struggled through in 20 hours or 25 hours or 35 hours and they know what that feels like and it's just out of people's comprehension to be able to run it as quick as you did and it's just that sense of um just wanting to to be part of that and i 
I think it's one of the special things about the West Harlem Way, isn't it? That prize mm. giving and the fact that everybody gets their moment. Not everyone gets a standard ovation, but everyone gets their you know time to come out and get the goblet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll go on and I'll do other races and hopefully you know I'll win other races and maybe I'll win bigger races or whatever. But I don't think I don't think another race will will, fe- will mean so much to me. Mm. As, as is the best time of year is yeah yeah and i think the thing we do as well now that ian introduced where the winner presents mm. The, mm. the final goblet and that just seems to you know as a nice touch as well yeah. isn't it because it's, it's you recognizing that you've taken 14 hours but a guy's taken 34 hours absolutely, but you can you can recognize his achievement can't oh, you oh absolutely it's yeah. a long, long time to be running yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm just a little bit intrigued paul um you know, obviously, I've I've done it six times. I've had a couple of times under twenty hours, which I'm very proud of. Um, but I know what it takes to run that sort of time. But I was just interested in. Uh, I was chatting to someone the other day, and they were saying, um, you know, uh, sort of how do you cope with that? And I was saying, well, for me, I try and walk all the ups and try and run as much as I can at the downs and the and the flats. But what what about for you? Is that the same for you? Are you just running, obviously, that much faster than I would, or other people would over sections? Uh, it's pretty much run run everything and run the downhills as hard as you can um, so it's maybe I don't think I really walked very much um, probably in the devil staircase you know there's a couple of switchbacks I probably walked wow. n- near the top section but I don't think in, in previous years you know I've walked some of the steeper bits of you know around the lock side uh, between Balmahan and Riverdenon there's a couple of steep bits and whatever but um, and twenty fourteen, I don't think I, I don't think I really walked at all. Wow. And then, quite conscious of, it's a shame, my knee was quite bad, and I was worried about it over the devil staircase because it's quite a long descent that you know it goes, and it's quite rough as well, and that was a section I'd, I'd done quite a bit of work on, so I knew I could be really quick down there, um, so I was a wee bit frustrated I maybe wasn't as quick down there as I I could have been, but <laughs> I'm still kind of pushing as hard as I can, but. Obviously, you have to be careful as well. You don't want a really bad yeah. fall that knocks you out of the race. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, by that point, I'd already bashed it. Yeah. Mean, so yeah. What's another bash? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. And so you're basically, you, you see the race as, a, as a, a running race the whole way. I think it is now. I think I think some of the sections now have got a bit yeah. smoother and stuff right. um, than they maybe were previously. It's certainly smoother going up Conic Hill than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and going down it actually. Mm. Not that I, I think some of the sections in uh, that bit between Balmahar and Rowardenne, and they've improved those, haven't yeah. they? There were some bits where you had to be very conscious of where you put your feet yeah, and jumping true. over things. Uh, whereas now, it's definitely a smoother uh, path, isn't it? There's a there's a few that have been improved again. I think for this oh, year's there? race, yeah, right. round right. there, they've put some steps in yeah. and stuff as well. I would say another big thing that I've noticed is that the amount the, the amount of gates that there are now, rather mm. than styles, mm. particularly the second half of the race. I remember the first year, every style was just an agony oh, trying right. to get trying over to it. it. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but um, now there's just a gate to open, and yeah, it's it's a right. you know, and that each of those is not just the actual climb over the style; it's what it takes out of you, isn't oh, it? No, that's right. You yeah. can. Uh, lift your feet for like an inch or two off the <laughs> ground right. for a hundred miles but yeah. ask me to go over a style and yeah. lift it yeah. <laughs> i remember there used to be a massive big style at the top of uh, you know the, the when you come into the out of what was the forest coming into fort william and at the very top there was a massive about eight or nine steps one and oh, i remember that first year <laughs> i just had to climb up that backwards to get over <laughs> oh, it man. and then try to reach over it was just uh, yeah so yeah, that's that's in there yeah 
Uh, okay, so I've got a few questions here that uh, I put on Facebook, and some of them will cover some of the same ground, but hopefully some other things as well. Um, Dominic Carroll just says how, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think we talked about that a little bit there about how you've done it. Uh, but anything else to add to that? Yeah, it's kind. Of, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Probably some people will think it's you know quite some kind of special result and stuff, and and now it it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel that way to me. It feels that it can be done quicker, and I know it can be done quicker. Yeah. And on the right day, I could I could certainly do it quicker as well. But um, it was a day that an awful lot went right. So yeah. um, I wouldn't say it was lucky. I wasn't lucky about it. No. I, I put in the work, and yeah. um, I was careful about my plan. I was careful about my training, and um, I managed to get most things to go right on the day. So. Yeah. Kind of I, I remember that inspiration night I'd asked you about the, you know the 27 seconds is it 27 <laughs> and you know that was just over 17 hours and you were saying well you know I, I'm sure I can go faster than that and you did by it's over almost three hours faster now isn't it and yeah. you think of how much time you've taken off or you know for most people 17 hours is, a, is an amazing time and then to take another almost three hours off that in two years yeah it just shows how much work you've worked you know done on it no absolutely and i, I think ultra running is changing as well you know people's training methods are changing and people are more committed to it and mm. putting more into it and you can see all the all the times coming down in yeah. the big races as well so yeah. um i think people are getting a bit more maybe a bit more scientific and a bit more taking some of the learnings from marathon stuff into their ultra mm. running as well which helps yeah so yeah but i think as someone like yourself raises the bar I think it makes other it people think, yeah. you know, because yeah. as I say, when, when earlier, when you look at Jez Bragg's time, we thought, oh, that was just, who can ever beat that? And then Terry comes along and then you come along and shatter it. Yeah. And now people coming up, they haven't got Jez's time to aim for. I know, that's right. They've got it your does, time it, it to aim for. To it, yeah, yeah. it just raises the uh, bar, doesn't it? It does. I remember, before, I think it was before 2012, it was after the first ever West Highland Way that I'd done and I had read something somewhere about, you know, you should, if you really want to achieve something, you should vocalise it and you should talk to the people you care about that that's what you're going to do kind of mm, thing. Mm. Um, and I think we were down in Lake District or something with my folks and I'd said to them, I'd kind of plucked up the courage to say that I'm going to win the West Island Way one day and I'm going to break the course record, which was Jez's, Jez's mm. record at the time. Um, and I'm not sure how they took it. Yeah. My parents or whatever, they probably said, yep, <laughs> good for you, Paul. <laughs> that's great. Um, and I didn't do it that year. Uh, Terry, I was second that year. Terry broke the record, and you know it was a big achievement at the time, and everybody thought it was astonishing. And I thought well, I could still go quicker. I think so. Mm. It's kind of funny. It, it just took a bit of time, and mm. I believed that I could do it, and um, I kind of did it two years in a row, which was yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, Norman McNeil, what's your A race for twenty fifteen? It's a good question. I'm still working on races and planning of races. I had applied for Western States, oh. but I never got a place, which oh, is a shame because yeah. it's. I think it would suit me that uh, that yeah. race. Yeah. Um, just looking at the profile and the type of it, so that was a bit frustrating. Um, I was thinking of going out. There's a couple of races you can do in the states: January, February, which if you finish on the podium, you get a place oh. in Western States. But <laughs> it was just working out too expensive. That's so um, I'm still having to think about what I'm doing yeah. race wise, but I've got a few in. I'm going over to Gran Canaria for Trans Gran Canaria. Right. You done I'll, that before? No, I haven't no. done that. Um, I'll probably go out to Transvolcania as well. I've got a place, but right. uh, I haven't totally decided on that one. Are they close together? 
time. Uh, no, time there's was. enough space between nice. those two. Um, yeah, and I've got a few other ones. There's an interesting one in Holland that I'm going out to uh, in between, I think. Right. That must be um, a flat one, is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is actually through uh, Jan that used to... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jan Albert. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got a few races in and a few to be confirmed, hopefully, mm. in the next week or two. Okay, so we'll keep an eye, keep an eye on what you do. Uh, Sean McMim says... Uh, he's asking how long does Paul think your West Highland Ray record will last who can break it and will you attempt to break it in the future <laughs> I, I, I'll definitely run another West Highland Ray yeah. and I wouldn't run a West Highland Ray without trying to go win faster. it and go faster so yeah. um, I'm sure somebody else can come along in Scotland if not Scotland, UK or any of our visitors to the West Highland Ray the, the, the record can be broken it will be broken at some point so. yeah. Right. yeah. ok but, um, Ash Ashok Daniel says, uh, "Will you have another go at UTMB, and any plans for a FKT, which is uh, fastest known route? Is it no? The yeah, fastest, fastest known time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, UTMB, yes. I would be back this year. Hopefully. Oh, you got places this year? Oh, it's confirmed shortly. I oh, think, yes, or tomorrow right. or something yeah. maybe. How is it? Um, I would hope to be in that. If not, then I'll find something else at that time. But yeah, I'm definitely going back. I've got." Some unfinished business yeah. at UTMB, so yeah, yeah. I wanted it properly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to ask you about that, Paul, because um, I was following that on on the day, and from what you're saying about the West Highland Way, you run the whole thing, whereas UTMB you can't, can you? Yeah. And is that one of the things that you found the hardest? I know. I I don't even know if it's probably my type of race, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. But it's just because it's the biggest in Europe, and it's it's an amazing race to be part of you know it's it's got a great atmosphere and it's the one that everybody looks towards i guess but um there's not a massive amount of running in it I know. to be honest there's there's mm. climbs that just go on and on and you're just you're just power hiking and yeah and over here in scotland i don't, I don't practice power hiking no. i don't do it that that much mm. really and it is very different isn't it, it? Is different totally muscles different. you use yeah, it, it you is, know. Uh -huh. yeah. And, and people think it's just the same but it's not and mm. and then you're up against some of these European guys, the French guys, who are constantly doing those types of climbs, you know, that are going on for miles and miles. Yeah. They've got their poles and they're super efficient at yeah. power hiking. Have you got poles? Did you use poles? I've got poles, but I've never taken them on UTMB. I would think about it for this for this year, right. potentially, but I'd have to go out and use them because it, it changes the way you, you yeah. carry yourself and everything. So, yeah. And if I'm honest, I'm not, I'm kind of against them. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a runner, I want to run, yeah. I don't want to use poles. Yeah. Um, but if it helps me, I'm going to get out to Chamonix for a month or something training hopefully so have an experiment then right. and see, see how that goes yeah but yeah. I'm definitely going back and I think when I do it that'll be it if I have a good race then I'm just going to leave it and find something else I think okay it just feels like I have to do it and finish it and yeah. get it out of the way yeah have a good race. And what about these FKTs fastest known times <laughs> is that something that appeals to you Um. yeah yeah and that I, I, I I mean, it's probably spurred on by Strava and stuff, and, and people <laughs> at times can be carried away by their records and segment records on Strava and stuff. But yeah, I've 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 got maybe two or three projects I've been working on, oh, and right. I did some stuff on last year in terms of wrecking routes and uh, in this country, or? in this country and and abroad. Mm. Um, so it's just finding the right time to do it in yeah. between races and yeah. the seasons already and you know if you're doing maybe seven months and seven races or whatever it's mm. a lot to fit in mm. and if you're doing a big challenge that 
and these are quite big challenges. Um, it's kind of hard to schedule in when you're going to have your recovery time if you've yeah. got a race to go on to. So yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll certainly get one of them done this year, I would hope. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Katie Hall says, as a vegan, what foods does he fuel his runs with? Now, I know you don't particularly like that term, do you? I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay with it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that question about uh, in the race, uh, have you got particular types of food that you eat during the race? I do. Um, I've, I've Previously, I used to be like a lot of people. I used to take a lot of gels and stuff, and I've, I've pretty much cut them out altogether now, which took me about a year to get used to. Um I just found it was becoming really difficult to manage the peaks and troughs. You know, you get a real spike from the sugar and then you get a real slump after. Um, so I really don't do them very much at all. Or maybe do it towards the end of the race when you just need a final kind of mm. uh, sugar hit. So it's mostly kind of solid and semi-solid foods. So I'll take some of the chews, like Honey Sting will do some nice chews, which I really like. Um and I make my own kind of bars or, or just wee bites of bars that are in bags and I just stick with them um, and drinks. Um, West Ham is slightly different. Obviously, you get a chance to have some kind mm. of solid food, so I can't remember if I had some kind of porridge or quinoa porridge or something at some point uh, with some kind of almond milk, uh, which is good, and a wee bit of fruit. Other than that, I just kind of stuck with the solids and semi-solids. I can't remember if I had a gel mm. at all on... Yeah. the West Highland Bay maybe yeah. towards the end but yeah. I, I remember a couple of years ago you did have some issues with your stomach yeah. didn't you has yeah. that has that been okay recently it's been yeah it's, I've kind of it took a bit of work but the last two years I've been I haven't had a stomach yeah. issue so you've found what's yeah. worked for you yeah. yeah yeah so that seems to work really well yeah. um, and I've been using the Osmo drink as well which has really helped hmm. Um and that's not giving me carbs through the drink. That's really just hydration. Right. Um, and then the the solid food is giving you your carbs that you need. So, right. um, that's worked really well for me. Good. Just on the honey stingers, I had a, an email from Ian uh, tonight saying that they're going to sponsor the race for this year. All right. So they're going to supply right. some sort of um, oh, cool. for honey stingers. Oh, that's yeah. really nice stuff. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, Mike Raffin and also um, Robert Osfield has done looked at this as well. People analyse all your splits, you know, in times. <laughs> And Mike said, um, before the 2013 race, uh, you ran 100k, 50% of that time, 7.34. And before the 2014 race, when you ran 14.20, you ran your 100k, 50% of that time, 7.07.10. So he says, in your recent 100k, which you ran in 6 hours 56, the same formula means that equates to a 13 hours 51.31 West Harlem Way. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, 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 I do think the 100K is really good for getting leg speed um, and some of that kind of speed endurance that you maybe need if you want to hit a really fast time in a West Highland way. Yeah. So they've been, they're, they're quite different races for me. It's not, I mean, I'm not a roadrunner, if I'm honest, mm. um, but they're a really interesting challenge and I think I respond to them quite well in terms of I get a lot from it from doing it even if the result isn't exactly what I want or, or whatever it is or people will say you're not very fast uh, but I get <laughs> but I get a lot from it in terms of um, almost as a training exercise I get a lot from right. it but it's quite a different challenge to get your head around a 100k yeah. road race yeah. um, but I think it's an amazing format and it's one that was mm. kind of been forgotten probably mm. you know it's been overtaken by ultra uh, by trail races and stuff but 
um, it's a really interesting race format. Yeah, well, yeah. just on that, that that recent world one, what what was that whole experience like? Being involved running for GB and was it Doha, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. in Doha. Yeah, it was incredible. A five k loop, wasn't it? A five k loop, which is better <laughs> than they normally are. The the, the ones I'd done before were, I think, they were like a two k loop or something. Yeah. Um, which are a wee bit more difficult. So yeah. the but there's a lot of out and backs though, weren't there? Oh, it was awful. I mean, the, yeah. the, the design of the course was terrible considering yeah. it was a World Championships. Yeah. And even the surface, you know, a lot of it was kind of marble, big marble tiles. Then it was cobblestones. Oh. And then it was dog legs that were yeah. really, really tight, you know, 180 degree yeah. turns, whatever, <laughs> uh, which slow you down. And yeah. you're trying to maintain that pace as well. And, yeah. and the 100Ks are just relentless, you know. Yeah. It's not like the West Highland Way, you might walk a bit or you've got at least got some ups and downs where your pace yeah. changes. You just absolutely have to be hitting your, yeah. your, the right pace. Because the pace time. you're running at to run under seven seven hours is what, what what's that sort of per mile? Uh, it's, under seven min, it's under no, seven it's minutes, six, isn't it? It's under seven minutes, isn't it? 6.30s or something. Six, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard going. It's yeah. hard going. So again, for those of us who know what 6.30 pace is like, uh, <laughs> you know, to do a few miles at that pace, but to be able to do... Uh, 62 miles 100k is uh, some, like, I can't, you can't even for your level you can't relax can you no you can't at all you know you're having to keep at uh -huh, it you, know? uh, you, you don't really you can't afford to have a spell that you just think I'll sit back for yeah. a bit you just can't do it it's just relentless yeah. so it, as I was trying to say earlier it's quite, it's quite a good exercise to, right. um, yeah. but for you is it very much a, a means to an end rather than an end in itself that's not the main thing you want to do is it or is it uh, no but I, 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 it, it, my heart is on the trails yeah. um, or in the trails sorry and, and it always will be but um, I really I, I quite enjoy I, I enjoy the change of the challenge okay um, would you fancy a track one where you go around a 400 metre track I would I would like to do a 24 hour race on a track at some point yeah. to see what kind of distance I can get yeah right. I'll definitely do that yeah. I, I kind of thought about doing one this year but it just didn't work out time wise and recovery and the hundred k's actually take a lot out of you. Yeah. I know you think hundred k's, it's, it's <laughs> not that far or whatever. But when you're running at that pace, you yeah. know it's. Is it the surface as well? Because presumably, too, yeah. you know, when you're on the West Highland Way, it's more forgiving, isn't yeah. it? Whereas yeah. it's it's. And uh, you're, you're hitting the same muscles every yeah. single time, you know. Yeah. That's what puts me off. Uh, <laughs> and you're just battering it, but yeah. it's it's quite an interesting challenge. Mm. Uh, good, yeah. Good. So more to come, do you think? Definitely, I would love to. I'd love yeah. to run for GB again at hundred k. I mean. See the, the the people I was running against are just mm. legends they, in, in the yeah. ultra world and yeah. and some of these guys are maybe not be that famous because they're not you know the big trail guys and stuff like that but mm. Calcaterra the Italian he's I think he's won the world championship three times hundred k yeah. whatever yeah. he's an absolute legend I lapped him <laughs> yeah it's crazy well, huh? yeah. you feel like stopping yeah. to shake his hand well, it's funny because obviously in the UK Steve Way who's been the big name yeah, exactly. wasn't he with uh, uh, the Commonwealth Games and his whole story uh, and you beat him as well didn't you uh, Steve had a, a bit of a rough yeah. day and stuff you still but, beat um, him though I did, yeah, I did uh, <laughs> but uh, exactly even to be running with Steve Way in the yeah. same team was, yeah. was, yeah. was uh, yeah, a bit of an honour yeah. it was good I know in the ultra world it's a very friendly world in the sense of, of you know down the field but what's it like at the top end of are, are people pretty friendly at, at, at the sharp end of a race like that? Um, it's, it is a bit different from the right. trail scene, yeah. the, the kind of road, and a lot of them have come from marathon backgrounds, so uh, it's a bit of a different feel to okay. it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly no time to chat, is there, when you're no, running at that pace? No. <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, I don't think there was big expectations on me no. within the team or anything, so 
again, that could probably help us to spur me on a wee bit. Well, and I think, well, okay, yeah. I might be the slowest in the team, but we'll see. Yeah. A race is a race, race kind yeah. of thing, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you're 50k in, you're thinking, I'm running the World Championships here, oh, wow. and I've got a GP fest on. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good experience. Excellent. Uh, David McLaren uh, asks about how low can you take the West Highland record. Talk about that a bit. Um, but what stretch do you have to dig in the most, do you think, in a, on the West Highland way? Um, it, it's probably changed over the last couple of years. Like I knew uh, in 2012 which sections I really had to do some work on going into 2013. And then again, you know, I, I spent a bit of time looking at my 2013 splits. So I knew which sections I, I maybe lost a bit of time. Rannach Moore's always a, a tough one just because mm. of when it arrives, I guess, and you're maybe tired yeah. and yeah. it feels quite a long section and you're yeah. desperate to get to the And to be honest, center. if you're saying you're running the whole way, because most of us would use mm. the, 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 the approach up onto the Rannach Moor as a bit of a walking time, oh, whereas yeah. you're running yeah. that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? So by the time you get onto what, what for me would be the runnable bit, you've already run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and maybe sometimes... A little bit from Alter Tired, you know, round to Bridge of Orkey sometimes can feel a bit a bit long and you feel like mm. it's a bit of a drag at times, just because you can see quite far in front of you, I yeah. guess, as well, yeah. maybe. But um yeah, the previous section I, I used to really not enjoy round the lock side. I really enjoy that now yeah. because yeah. you know, I worked hard on that and yeah. um it's a section I know I can go quite quickly. Mm. Um so it kinda changes. Yeah. And and Larrick Moore on the previous year I struggled a wee bit, so mm. I, I kind of knew I had to work hard on that. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of sections you've got to dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, Paul, just from what you're saying tonight, there's, it's obvious how much preparation and time you put in. You know, you say there's sections which you didn't run so well, so you went back on there several times to improve. And you know, if, if it's not by accident you ran at 14 no. hours 20. You no, put a, lot of, a yeah. lot of work into it. Yeah. Um, and that's what it takes, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it takes... A, it took a lot of tough runs. I wasn't always on the West Highland Way. I didn't yeah. spend masses of time there, but mm. you're going to places that are similar terrain yeah. or, or similar kind of amount of climbing or whatever, just, yeah. just to test yourself all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a great question from John Munro, and he says, is your distinctive running style something that has just happened naturally or is it something he's consciously worked on? It's funny, you know, one of the, for the Commonwealth Games, you did a, a little thing where you ran between all yeah. the... And, and when I stood, I thought, that's Paul. You know, that was before I um, I knew you were involved in the media side. And I saw that video and I thought, that, that's Paul Giblin, definitely. It's so distinctive, your running style. That's, um, <laughs> it's kind of bizarre because I don't, I don't really often see myself running, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, so I don't realise it's distinctive, but then I've had people stop cars in random places that <laughs> they, they couldn't possibly have known it was me, but for, somehow, for some reason yeah. they know it's me and, yeah. and we have a chat and whatever. So yeah. I don't know. Um, certainly about four or five years ago when I started running ultras um, I'd only been running you know a year or so before that um, I was conscious of trying to be quite uh, economical in terms of my running style so I, I did put some work in then and I guess I, I couldn't have been too far away from it because it, mm -hmm. it didn't feel like I had to really change things around um, so uh, yeah it's probably something I've worked on over the past few years but now it f it's quite natural I just run the way I run and, mm. and some will say I mean it, it probably doesn't look particularly athletic or dramatic you know there's no big strides <laughs> and more of a kind of shuffle um, of a 
really short strides and high cadence, I guess, and it's just what suits my body and yeah. it just suits my economy in terms of running. So and it's very effective. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it's been okay so far. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Now, there's another question about uh, digging low. I don't know whether you've got a reputation for this, but John Cassidy, what are your tips for staying mentally strong? Are there low points in an ultra? And if so, how does he recover? Everyone's assuming you must have low points, you see. I don't know why. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we've, we've all been there and yeah. we all have really low points and everybody treats it differently. But yeah. I guess it's, it's, it's trying not to think too far ahead and you'll all have heard this before, but if you can just break it into chunks and it, it, it feels like it's much more achievable and it's about getting to the next checkpoint and then when you get to the checkpoint you can take a bit of time to sort yourself and, and move on and mm. and other th small things that I think I'd read it in a book at some point but if you're feeling really really rough and you're feeling bad you have to think about what's the one thing I could do now the one small thing that might make it might make me feel slightly better mm. and that might be my shoelace has been too tight for yeah. the last few miles and I've not bothered about stopping I'm going to stop and I'm going to fix my laces or mm. I'm going to have a wee bite to eat or a wee drink because it might make me feel slightly better mm. um, it's just thinking about something that will make it slightly more comfortable uh, or slightly better for you then mm. you should do it and maybe it's run a bit quicker or it's maybe okay when I get to the next hill I'm going to walk the first section then I'm going to run over the top and, mm. and whatever so it's trying not to um, be caught up in the I've still got 70 miles to go yeah, yeah. when you're feeling rough because then yeah. you know yeah. it's a downhill um, struggle from there mm. but that's very much in your thoughts to break the whole race up into small sections and just deal with each section yeah pretty much yeah. pretty much yeah. yeah I think I'm well known for my little mini splits I have but no. are, are you someone who does it in, in the main sections we have or pretty do you, much, do pretty you break much, it up yeah, any more than that pretty much the main sections but yeah. obviously if you know the course it helps because you know what sections yeah. you've got coming next and yeah. you're thinking Right, once I get over that hill, I've only got two more small hills to get yeah. over to the end of the section, so yeah. that certainly helps. Um, yeah, just try and break it into chunks. Yeah. And but if you're doing a race like the, the Grand Canary that you've not done before, will you get a chance to recce that before you... Yeah, I'm going to go Oh, you will, yeah. yeah. yeah so much. what about any races that you've done which you've not had a chance to recce, or, or do you always only do... No, no, like U UTMB and stuff, um, a lot of chunks of UTMB I don't know at right. all um, and that is quite hard but it's maybe just you're not breaking it into distance chunks then you're breaking it into you know minutes and or I can see that point over there and I can see there's right. somebody running on that trail yeah. once I get to yeah. there you know I can see how I feel or I'll just get myself to the next checkpoint I'll sit down for two minutes and mm. have some soup or whatever you have on UTMB and, yeah. and get moving again noodles I think is the, uh, the thing noodles, uh, or it might be <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take off my jacket because I've had it on for ages and I've been roasting but I've yeah. not taken the time to take it off right. and I feel a bit better now that I put it in my bag or whatever yeah. and you yeah. keep moving yeah that's interesting though that's a great point that just try and find something to sort of just uh, get you going and again, it might be it? just thinking yeah. about a song or thinking about somebody at home or whatever yeah. it is there's small yeah. things that can yeah. that can lift it and, and just be aware that you're going to have bad sections but you you come out of those you, you, yeah most of the time you come out of, yeah. a, of a really low trough you'll come back out of and you'll start thinking, oh, I feel okay again. Yeah. I remember once I w when I was on the lock side in the West Highland Way and I was going through a bit of a tough time and my friend t sent me a text and he just said, I hope you're enjoying it or something. And I, and, and that just that one word just got me going again. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, I've, I've paid to do this. You know, this, is, exactly. this is supposed to be pleasure. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was just, as you say, just one little thing got me through that tougher time and then, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I'm, you have to take a step back sometimes, you know, and, and you'll think, I did that whole race with just thinking about splits and hitting whatever times. 
I do take a step back and think this is what I love to do yeah. I love to run and yeah. this is like this is like the best you know yeah. I'm in a race I don't have to worry about getting home or anything that's there's right. people up there yeah. who are going to look after me I just, I'm just i out here to run yeah. you know I've got a vest on yeah. and a pair of shorts this is, this is brilliant yeah. and sometimes you've got to take a step back and think that I really enjoy being here and this yeah. is what I, this is what I choose to do mm. and this is like the examination part this is the bit you show off yeah. kind of thing so, yeah. you've um, done all the hard work yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh, James Stewart, any plans for US races? I reckon Western States would suit him. So there you go. So. James, <laughs> if only. Uh, desperate to go to Western States. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going back out to the States. Uh, yeah. Second half of this year, I think, and do a couple of races out there. Right. Um, not sure exactly what I'm doing yet, but... Um, Leadville, Hard Rock, any of those appeal to you? Yeah, yeah, I quite fancy Leadville. Yeah. Hard Rock looks pretty brutal. So I'd fancy that at some yeah. point, but again, they're really, really difficult in, to get into it? them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really difficult. And even, um, you know, I was out in Flagstaff there for a while, and a lot of the top guys don't even automatically get in. You know, they've got to go through a ballot process as well. They're quite um, strict about it. So, yeah, I'm definitely going back out to the States this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Graham Gemmell, what's Paul's average miles per week? And what would be his furthest distance covered in training for the West Highland Way in one run? I can't, I can't think of a time I've really done more than fifty miles in in mm. training in the last couple of years. Right. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's been a couple of challenges I've kind of done which have gone over two days, but uh, I don't think I've done anything over fifty miles. In terms of overall mileage, it just depends what kind of phase of my training I'm in. Yeah. Um, before the hundred k, I went up to a few weeks of like a hundred and fifty miles a week. Wow. Uh, for maybe th- four weeks or something, um, which is is probably more than a, a need. Is that honest. when you were off work though? Yeah, I was off. Yeah, so and I was just enjoying some amazing trails. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the Grand Canyon and stuff. It was holding you back, was uh-huh, it? <laughs> uh-huh. It was incredible. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> if you're doing one hundred fifty miles in a week, you don't enjoy all those miles. No, let's be no. honest. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a a test and learn thing um, and were they on your own most of the time or were you running yeah, with people yeah a lot people? of the time I was on my own mm. um, when I was out there I would generally run a couple of times a day um, and I'd probably run with people maybe three three or four times a week yeah. probably which right. um, was good so anything from some weeks I'd be doing 80 miles and other weeks right up to 150 but yeah. I didn't ever go anything past that I don't right. think yeah um, Murdo McEwen uh, West Island Way a race with terrain that many of us know is a mixture of tarmac uh, fast off, off road and slow technical of which these terrains does Paul feel he is the strongest and does he most enjoy out of those you know bits on the road or um... probably the, the the more technical stuff now um, I, I've kind of mentioned it already but I previously didn't really enjoy down the lock side, you know, particularly from Minversnade to Bean Glass, because I always felt it was quite a slow section. You never, mm. you know, you weren't getting the miles through as quick as you wanted. Um, those are some of the sections now I really quite enjoy. So it's a bit more challenging, I guess, and it's a, it gives you a bit more to think about. You yeah. know, you're thinking about where you're putting your feet and yeah. you're, you're moving, and uh, I, I quite enjoy those sections now. Yeah. And which is your weakest? Do you think of those? You haven't got any weaknesses, have you? <laughs> of course, <laughs> I have. Uh-huh. Um, like I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of the road sections, but I, yeah. I, I do enough training yeah. on roads, and I can run 100k road races yeah. reasonably well. So I'm. I'm not a slouch on on those either. But um, 
yeah, I I, I kind of like the twisty twisty bouldery step over stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and like the descent from double staircase is quite good fun as well if yeah. you're feeling okay. Yeah. Um, if you feel you could lower his West Island Way record, which we know you can, <laughs> on which section of the race do you feel your time pace could be best improved? Where where could you make up time? Some of those latter sections, I I was starting to feel my knee quite badly um, coming down from the double staircase which was a shame because I could have been a good few minutes quicker on, <laughs> yeah. on that bit and then the climb up from Kinloch Leven at that time of the race you know it's tired that's yeah. a tough it's a tough climb yeah. that one yeah. um, I could probably be a bit quicker along that section as well I would think right. uh, but from what I, I, obviously I'd read your reports about falling but I didn't realise it was still affecting you for most of the race. So yeah, it was quite bad. Yeah. Um, we went after the race to the hospital because um, they'd said you better get, go and get it stitched or whatever. But oh, it was cut, was it? Bad? Yeah. Um, so it was like a two and a half hour wait. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> I've just been running for whatever it was fourteen hours. So I'm, I'm not sitting for two and a half hours. Yeah. So we went back the next morning, but by that time they couldn't stitch it because it kind of half sealed over. So. It's still quite, still got a bit of a lump yeah, there and whatever, right. so uh, yeah. kind of opens up again. But mm. um, yeah. Okay, Keith Mabbitt, what does Paul find the hardest aspect of training, and what are your future goals for the next ten years? <laughs> next ten years, wow. Um, I just want to run more. Yeah. In the next ten years, <laughs> lots more runs, lots more races, lots more trails, um, and maybe running with a few more people. Uh, something I learned when I was out. In the states, I guess I, I, I do ninety-eight percent of running on my own, yeah. uh, which I enjoy. I I, I kind of like the solitude of it at times. I think, but um, it's nice when you have a bit of a running community around you, um, which they have out in Flagstaff. It's a big part of what they do, and I really enjoyed spending time with some other people who felt the same way about the trails and being out in the mountains as as I did. So mm. that was really nice. Yeah. Um, and what was the first part? What is uh, hardest? What's the part? hardest aspect of training? Um, it's probably I can handle the early mornings. I did it for a long time, albeit I find it slightly more difficult now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I can get up at four twenty-four now. <laughs> Even though I've got more time, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, the early mornings I can do. I can force myself out pretty much as, as good as anybody can but I guess it's, it's the sacrifices sometimes you know like occasionally I'd quite like on a Saturday to maybe just go and do something normal and go yeah. into town and go and have lunch with some friends or whatever mm. um, I don't really ever do that because I run on a Saturday for most of the day kind of thing so and that knocks out your Friday night because I want to get to my bed early or get mm. my stuff ready for Saturday so um, some of those are the hardest parts of training you, you kind of give up on a lot of other things and mm. Um, I maybe don't do enough things with friends and family at the time because I'm tired and I need to rest or I need to get ready to go out and run. Yeah. So that, that's quite difficult sometimes. And I hope in 10 years' time I don't regret it. No. But at the moment I don't. And, you know, m my family are obviously quite close to my running as well. So mm. we kind of share times through the running quite a lot. And yeah. They're very proud of you, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're so. great. But we've, yeah. we've, we've had such a good 
time yeah. you know uh, with my mum and dad and stuff and we've been to places we'd never have gone yeah. to before and we've, yeah. we've had a laugh yeah. and yeah. that's been good I get the impression you, you, you know your mum particularly it's given her a whole new life isn't it <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh, she loves it she um, yeah. she knows she knows everybody on yeah. Facebook and <laughs> she right. knows all the runners and yeah. whatever and um, yeah I remember the first time I met her when you did the race the first time. You left your jacket, That's remember? Right, yeah. And I That's brought disaster. it back, and then your yeah. mum picked uh, it up from the house, and she said, "Oh, I read your blog." She said, and uh, <laughs> it was really nice. Oh, she reads all the blogs. Yeah. So if you see a, a comment popping up, anybody right. on Facebook, yeah. it's probably my mum. Yeah. Uh, just, just be nice to. Her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last question I've got here. Uh, time's pretty well gone. Uh, John Monroe again. When racing is Paul driven by a desire to win or a fear of losing? Uh, a desire to win. Um, the 2014 West Elmy race slightly different I obviously wanted to win uh, I'd won it before it felt good it felt like it was kind of my race and it almost felt like winning it once isn't isn't enough to really put your mark on the race um, but obviously the competition changed in 2014 my training wasn't quite at the level as it was in 2013 I was worried about work and stresses mm. and being tired so and uh, there probably was a, a fear of losing there. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want that feeling of losing it. Mm. And I remember when Terry won it, and I hadn't won it at that point, obviously. Um, I was second, and I watched Terry go up and have his trophy and uh, or the the plate or whatever. And I really thought, I really, really, really want to be the one mm. to do that. That's it. Feels like that should be me doing that. Mm. So. Um, and was that a big motivation over the next year or so? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's why I was so focused in 2013 that yeah. I really, really felt I was going to win the mm. race in 2013. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's probably a bit of a... I, I can't say I would enjoy seeing somebody else walking up and, yeah. and taking that. And it will happen, obviously, mm. um, and that's fine. But I've had two, two really strong years, and yeah. uh, it's been an amazing experience to be awarded that uh, winner's plate. Yeah. No, congratulations. And finally, just um, you, we talked a little bit about what you did before with the uh, Commonwealth Games. Do you want to tell us a bit what you're doing now and how things are going employment-wise and where, yeah. you're at, where you're at? So my <laughs> my ambition, I kind of um, I've talked about already. Work, you know, it was it was really hard going, and I put a lot on hold to do it, and I didn't do as many races as I would normally have done or wanted to do, and mm. I couldn't maybe train as hard, so. Uh, I gave myself some time when I finished. I think I finished mid September, went out to the states for a few weeks just to really run and train for the hundred k, and just enjoy myself for a period. I hadn't really had a holiday before that, and any holiday I had was like a day off to go and do a race or a day <laughs> off before the West Highland Way and stuff. Um, so that was great. Um, I spent a bit of time with some guys out there who are coaching. Um, so I'm doing some online coaching support for people who are wanting to either run the first ultra or wanting to maybe just have a bit of a review about how they're training and um, and see what changes they can make to their training and just offer kind of longer-term support for them uh, as they plan their races in 2015. So I'm working with a number of guys who are got all different ambitions and mm. uh, stuff for 2015. Some of them already, you know, are quite well-known and they're racing quite hard already. Uh, other people doing their first ultra and stuff so it's been mm. really really exciting I've really enjoyed it so far mm. it's quite hard work mm. um, but um, really interesting to see how people adapt to it and um, it takes a bit of convincing sometimes in terms <laughs> of your methods and 
a lot of people run too hard all the time, which is yeah. it's quite easy to do. We've probably all been there, and, and they run too many of the runs at the same kind of intensity. Um, it's maybe getting them to take a step back and, and really work on the things that are going to help them deliver the races or the objectives that they really want to get out of the season. So yeah. uh, it's been fantastic so far. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how have you advertised that? It's just on my website. Right. Um, I put a website up December, I think. It's nothing fantastic, the website, paulgiblin.co.uk. Um, so I'm pretty much doing it through there and then, you know, I'll chat to the guys pretty regularly, the message all the time. Yeah. Are you looking for more clients or have you got... Yeah, yeah, well? I mean, if, if anyone's interested, then uh, paulgiblin.co.uk, um, you can get in touch there or you'll find me on Twitter and stuff anyway. Uh, by all means, get in touch and we can have a chat. Right. Um, so I'm doing that. I've got some support in terms of sponsorship, which will help towards travel and accommodation to get to some of the bigger races this year as well so just want to say thanks again paul for um for, for speaking to me tonight i've wanted to get you back on for a while over the last couple of years so thanks for sharing those thoughts no and uh, we certainly wish you all the best for this year and the next however many years and certainly the west island way family will be uh, cheering you on and supporting you so congratulations for your races with us and also uh, some of the great things you've done and uh, wish you all the best Thanks very much, and uh, thanks to everybody from the West Highland Way family. Such a, you've been really, really kind to me. Um, I had some great messages over the last couple of years. It's mm. been, it's been amazing to be part of. So thanks. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Paul Giblin as much as I did. It was great just to chat with Paul and get a bit of an insight into what it takes to run the West Highland Way race in just over 14 hours, 10 minutes. I think the thing that really struck me was the fact that he, how much of it he runs. Um, the fact that there was very few places where he walks, he's, up, he's running most of it. And, uh, and also just the sacrifices he puts in, the mileage he puts in to be able to run that sort of time so well done Paul and thank you very much for sharing that with us apologies if the sound was a little bit faint on that part and um, we were just sitting in, in my house in our in our study just chatting away and I probably didn't have the microphone quite close enough to the pair of us so I'm sorry if you've had to, uh, uh, to put your microphone up or to hear it but I hope you can uh, catch all that we chatted about and so I hope you're having a good run. The weather's pretty tough at the moment, isn't it, for those that are out there. As I finish this off on Thursday evening, the spine race has been going for five days or so. And a number of folks are hanging in there and we wish them all the best. Um, and I know lots of people getting out for their runs. Um, where we are here, it's been wet and windy, but no snow. But I, I know for lots of you, uh, particularly further up north, there's a lot, a lot of snow about, so I hope you're keeping safe on your runs. And if you're listening to this while you're running, I hope uh, you're having a decent, a decent run and uh, enjoying being outside. Or if you're listening somewhere else, then I hope you've enjoyed it too. So thanks again for listening. I'm um, just going to finish with another quote from Wombat Fitness. And this one is from Tim Noakes, and he says this. Your body will argue that there is no justifiable reason to continue. Your only recourse is to call on your spirit, which fortunately functions independently of logic.